Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the... Oh, wait, wait, wrong show. Wrong show. I take it back. This is not the Catholic Cafe. What is this? This is the Pew. And welcome yes. back to the Pew. I am your host, John Edwardson. Here to the right of me, apparently, is Deacon Jeff Przemski this week. I'm uh, so happy to be here. I know, and I'm glad to have you. I got to tell you what, uh, I thought Victor was going to be here. It's a special week for us. It's a, our 100th episode. Now to you, I know you have like 5,800 of these. And so. it's the snowpocalypse. It, it is the snowpocalypse here in Memphis and a lot of the country, actually. So, yeah. But uh, Victor wasn't able to be here today. We had to do this at a different time, um, you know, really during the workday because of uh, of the snowpocalypse, as you said. Yeah. So, so he wasn't able to be here, um, even though I, I wish he was. It's a special episode, but I know he's here in spirit. Yes. And I'm glad glad to have you uh, sitting in for him as always. Oh, I'm uh, happy anytime. You've done it so many times. So you have a, a large mind palace of your own. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's an I'm adequate. I'm living in luxury. It's an adequate uh, replacement for his. Well, I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. But uh, no, I want to, before we get started here, I just want to mention guys again, uh, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Covenant Eyes. They came on in the last month or so. And uh, you know, this is something that we've talked about a lot on the show, just men struggling with lust and pornography. And mm. I know you've heard a lot of it as a deacon, uh, Deacon Jeff, you know, men sharing this. And so we're glad to have them as a sponsor. You can you can get a 30-day free trial by going to start.covenanteyes.com slash pew. And, you know, look, don't let sexual sin hold you back from your growth. With CE, you'll be able to confidently live a porn-free life of integrity and enjoy meaningful relationships with God, your family, and friends. So, Guys, pornography is a huge roadblock in the spiritual life. So if you want to get it out of here, and not only out of your own life, but protect your children from all the things that are out there that can be seen uh, on any of these tablets or anything that connects to the internet, grab Covenant Eyes, put it in your house, try it out for 30 days. I think you'll like it, and I think you'll find it very helpful in your fight against uh, pornography and, and keeping your family safe from all the stuff that's out there. Amen. Yeah. I also want to say thank you to the new patrons that we've uh, picked up this week, Mike, David, Greg, Joseph, and Mark. Just your contributions are uh, continuing to allow us to do the things that we're doing here. Um, there, it's also going to allow us to get this narrow road out, which I'm so excited about. Um, if you haven't ordered it already, you still have some time. We're going to ship them out around the 22nd. But even if you're beyond that, uh, don't worry if you miss the first couple of days in March. This thing's going to be great for the whole month. So uh, you can sign up for that at justagownthepew.com slash support. Or you can go to Pew Ministries. Uh, excuse me. Sorry about that patron.com slash pew ministries and you could sign up for the narrow road there too it's going to be a great resource and a lot of people are already excited about it and i can't wait to get it out it sounds awesome it sounds absolutely awesome yeah well i think it's going to help a lot of people and that's the point you know um could you have not made the the road wider though (laughs) i mean i'm just thinking hey don't blame me it's up to god it's that's biblical that's biblical you and that bible thing you keep bringing it up i hear you well we're going to talk about some of that today because Honestly, you know, when I started thinking about the 100th episode, you know, I said, I was like, what? We got to talk about something like amazing, right? Because it's the 100th 100 episode. 100 episodes. It's amazing what things matter to you that probably don't matter to other people. <laughs> this is our 100th anniversary. Right. It's But it's a milestone. Congratulations. It's a nice milestone. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I sat down and I was thinking about it. I'm like, what are we going to talk about and start praying about it like I always do? And really, I heard a lot of crickets. And then 
I just started to look back at when we started this. I mean, I, it, it's really providential that you're on this episode with me because I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you. I mean, I'm such an inspiration. You were. Is well, you hey, look, <laughs> but you also made this possible. You know, left to my own devices to do a podcast. Like, I probably would have exploded a bunch of laptops. <laughs> and like, it probably, it just would have been just terrible. But I, I, I was thinking about that when preparing for this episode that, it was outside of the bowling alley where we go to Curcio. I know it sounds weird, but there's a bar in there. Yes. We hope that there's that people. That even sounds weird, too. <laughs> <you know? laughs> we just hope that there's people in there that would hear us talking about Jesus and how he's affected our lives and, and uh, hopefully affect some people to come sit down with us and, and, and listen and maybe change lives a little bit. But we were walking out of there that one night, and, and I remember you told me, you said, you need an outlet. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, I'll build you a podcast. And I remember saying something like, get out of here, man. Nobody wants to listen to me. Exactly. <laughs> Who wants to listen to John Edwards? That's right. But, um, you know, it, it just brought me back to that. And, and I remember feeling, you know, so uh, unqualified to do any of it, to do you, the you podcast. Actually are. I just know. so we're clear. <laughs> I, know. I know if you weren't here, I couldn't do any of it. I, mean, I do have to have the extra wide headphones to go around that big head of that's yours. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing you. I hear you. But no, I just, I remember feeling so unqualified. I remember the things that I felt and, and, and just some of the things that frightened me, you know, and I wanted to share them here today uh, because I think there's a lot of uh, men that listen to this. And if you've listened for a hundred episodes, maybe you're a guy out there that is just thinking, well, this is all great stuff and I love to listen, but it's just impossible for me to do in my life or yeah. it's impossible for me to put it into my life, but it's not, um, I remember thinking that same thing, that it was impossible for me to sustain the change in my life, you know, to, to leave drugs behind, to quit over drinking, to quit doing a lot of these other things. Um, but it wasn't, you know, I remember thinking it was impossible for me to lead other men with all my own inadequacies. Um, I, I remember feeling overwhelmed that it was, uh, you know, by my own shortcomings and sins and limitations. And, and, you know, and that's exactly where the devil wants us to focus is on our limitations so that we can use them as an excuse you know so we start to believe that we're unqualified but you know, and that's the devil it is in your ear just saying <laughs> it is you, you can't do it right there's who, no way right who, who are you, you? Yeah. yeah who, who are, are you? you who are you to think this and stay over here in your comfortable life and, and that's probably the first time he, the devil's ever done that to anybody on this planet sure, sure. <laughs> john yeah. edwards he picked you no, that's right <laughs> well i'll tell you like i've been reading this this book it's 60 days to uh, becoming a missionary disciple by father john bartunic he's a really great priest and writes a lot of things he wrote the better part which is a, a reflection book and he had this line in there that, that just really seemed to, to solidify why we need to talk about this today. It said, God calls every Christian, every member of the church, no matter how apparently small or unqualified, to join in the mission and make a unique and unrepeatable contribution to it that will reverberate throughout eternity. And, you know, it always, I, I talk about that all the time to people when they say, well, I don't think I'm worthy. I don't feel like I'm qualified to do that. But what he said there is what I always try to bring up to people is, like you're supposed to make a unique and unrepeatable contribution to this world. God gave each and every one of us a unique gift. Um, he, he puts a unique call on our life. And if we sit on the sidelines and we don't, we don't lean on God, we don't trust in God to give us what we may be short of, you know, that where we are inadequate or we are um, unqualified, if we don't trust God to fill that void in our life, then we're potentially uh, stepping out of his plan in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And not able to do some things that, that he's wanting us to do. And, you know, it's it's kind of funny because we we think we're unqualified. And we know we're unqualified mm -hmm. because, because we kind of are, in a sense, except 
you know, it's a it's a nutty God that puts in 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 a plan <laughs> that uh, hey, I'll save the world by sending my son, and he'll die on a cross. Sure, and it's like that's kind of a goofy plan. I mean, yeah. if you stop and think about it. There's <laughs> you, you know, there another way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Could you have not a, like baked a, a strawberry cake? Well, the whole Thanos yeah. snap the finger thing, right? Exactly. Where's that at? <laughs> but but it's like so. Really, if we if we if we would just wrap our arms around the fact that that God would would is is king of the universe and would display that kingly might on a cross mm-hmm. why not me yeah. i mean why not me being part of that plan sure as unqualified as i am right and there's you know there's a quote that floats around and i don't really know who to attribute this to because i've heard father mike smith say it up you look it up on the internet and like five thousand people claim to have said yeah. this but um, you know, it's God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called. Oh, that was actually me. Oh, was it you? Yes. Okay, I didn't see your name there. I, just, I said it. Like maybe Wednesday. it was in the small print. It was Wednesday. I said it Wednesday. Oh, you did. Okay. Well, I googled Tuesday, so we're out of luck. <laughs> Man, you got me. But but no, seriously, it, it's something that you hear a lot from different places. Whether you're you're Catholic or Protestant, you know, you've heard this thing uh, repeated a couple times. But it really is the truth, and you can go back and look at um, at, at Scripture. Define where that's true. I mean, in fact, there's 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 27, 29, where it says, Rather, God chose the foolish of the world to shame the wise, and God chose the weak of the world to shame the strong, and God chose the lowly and despised of the world, those who count for nothing, to reduce to nothing those who are something. And so that's pretty much a, a uh, that, that qualified quote is a simplified way of saying what St. Paul said there is. Mm. It doesn't make sense, as you said. Like, why does God, in his infinite power and glory and everything else, choose to use broken individuals like ourselves to save the world? Or to to help not save the world. His son did that. But to to bring others to know him and to build up the kingdom. But that's what he did. And it's not like it just started yesterday with us. I mean, if you go back and you look at Scripture, which you know this so well, there's so many people and so many players and characters in the Bible that um, that that were unqualified, that were that were broken, that were inadequate, and God used them. You look at Moses. I mean, he was the greatest prophet of the Old Testament, and he had a massive stuttering problem. You know, you think yeah. that would be a big deal for somebody who's got to go out and prophesize to people with words? And he even told God, you know, I, look, I'm not the right guy. I, I can't even talk. You know, I, I'm paraphrasing, but he yeah. said, <laughs> you know, I can't even speak without without this impediment. And God's like, I don't care. I'll use you. And it's not what you're going to say. It's what I'm going to say, right? It's it's allowing me to use you. You look at Moses. You look at Rahab. Uh, she was the, and I may have said that wrong, but she was the prostitute turned heroine in the Battle of Jericho, you know, that, that uh, helped smuggle in the two spies and then hid them, um, you know, and, and, and just changed the course of the history of the Israelites. This woman that was a prostitute now turns into a heroine and is also in the lineage of Jesus. Mm. You know, and and so we look over and over again. David, I mean, here's this here's this kid that's out in the shepherd's field tending sheep, and, and all his huge, massive, you know, ripped up, athletic, uh, you know, brothers are in the house, and none of them yeah. are the ones that God calls for. Even wh- wh- who in was fact, it? they lined them up and went through like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. And no. each time, it oh, was, there's one more out in the who field. Was it was it, uh, it, was it Solomon or who was yeah. the who was the person that went to to pick David? I can't remember off the top of my head right now. I don't know either. I think it was. I want to say it was Samuel. 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 That's yeah. right. Samuel went. That's yeah. right. That's right. So Samuel's, you could almost see him going like, really, God? Like, not this dude? Like, he's ripped and he's massive and he that's looks right. like a king. And, you know, and he's just all the way, no, no, no. And then it's this young boy with a couple of stones and a sling that goes out and kills this nine-foot giant that had this entire army of Israel scared, you know, that no one would face him. But this young boy who nobody thought was anything, who definitely right. seemed unqualified, goes out there and slays this nine-foot giant. 
and and changes the course of uh, of history for the Israelites again. You have Peter, you know that that's the uneducated, ill-tempered fisherman that uh, that you know that Christ called to follow him, who denied him, that winds up being the first pope. You know, Paul, he was hunted and murdered. You know, he I mean, he hunted and murdered Christians. And if, if anybody seems unqualified to do anything that the Lord asked, you'd think it would be somebody like Paul. But yet the Lord continued to qualify them, to to give them what they needed. Mary Magdalene, last one, former prostitute, but the first to see the risen Lord and the first to tell others about him. Like if you look at that, you would think that he would have grabbed John or or Andrew or someone else to, to see him first and go tell it, but he picks, you know, a woman who in those times was not seen as an equal as a man, right. and also a prostitute to go out and be really the first person to evangelize his resurrection. Yeah, I know. And you know what? And you go beyond scripture, mm-hmm. you still see it. You still see it like in like, why does like Mary make appearances to all these backwoods, sure. backwater places? <laughs> That's right. right. Where Lourdes, France? Are you kidding me? And then to come and appear before Bernadette, a, a little uneducated uh, teenager mm-hmm. that no one's going to listen to and who would say the same thing? I'm not qualified to go and speak any kind of message sure. to anybody. Who's going to listen to me? And this time and time and time again, like Mary and apparitions happen in these places where we've they don't happen like at the top of the Empire State Building in New York City. But somehow God uses these seemingly uh, ineffective uh, places and people to do amazing things. He does. And, and, you know, a lot of times we place limits on ourselves, but we, we also are, by doing that, are placing limits on God. Yeah. You know, because he knows what we were created for. He knows the abilities we have. He knows the things that, the gifts that he's given us. And, you know, Ephesians 2.10 reminds us of that. It says, for we are his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has prepared in advance, that we should live in them. I mean, that's telling you right there that God has a plan for your life. God has things that he wants you to do. And when we sit there and say, Lord, why me? Not me. I'm not good enough, Lord. You can't use me. Look at all the things I've done. Look at the mistakes I've made. You know, look at the father or the husband I've been. Look at the divorce I've had in my life. Look at the way I drink. Whatever it is, God is just saying, yeah, I see that. But I also see what you can be. I can see the more that I made you to be. And you've got to, you've got to surrender that to me and allow me to, 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 to grace you in your life with the things that you need to do what I need you to do. But first we have to get out of our own way um, because all that does is like you said earlier, it plays into the devil's hands. You know, when you sit there and you start believing all that rubbish, then you're on the bench. You're not in the game. You're, you're not checking in. You're sitting there and all those gifts and all the meaning that God gave you right. in your life is just sitting there on the sidelines and not affecting his plan the way that he he designed you to affect it. Go go back to that quote, you know, that that I actually said. Sure. But, yeah. but you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, double check you know, that one. You know? <laughs> God doesn't I'm call re Google. He, he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. You know, when we look at that quote, we're looking at the word qualified. We're mm-hmm. fixated on that word sure. qualified, qualified or unqualified or whatever, and that's what we're thinking about. And we stop thinking about the fact that no, the, the really the operative word there is called. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean we're is about we are called. And so like it's like when you pick up the phone in the old old school days, you actually have to pick up a physical phone and dial a number. I mean, you're you're intending mm-hmm. to reach a specific person on the other end of that phone. Yeah. And and that's what God does to us. He intends yeah. to reach us. And so we should she should be looking at the word called mm-hmm. and realize that we're called and, and see that and not fixate on this qualified part because he's going to take care of all of that. Right, right. And it plays right into all of our, uh, just our so our self-consciousness and yeah. our inadequacies, inadequacies that we have in our head. 
And you're right. If we're worried about that, then we're missing the point that God has something for us to a plan. do. plan. Right. And, and we're questioning. I mean, if he created all of this, he created you and me, then certainly we should trust in the fact that he has a plan for all of it and that whatever he says is what we need to be focused on and what we need to be doing yeah. in our lives. Um, you know, a very good example of this is I was looking at Scripture and some of the things in Father John Bartonic's book is he starts, you know, he really focuses on with this qualified deal looking at the feeding of the 5,000, something you're very familiar with. Most people are if you've read I've Scripture I've got a big family. <laughs> That's right. He's got nine kids. He's fed a lot of folks. We, we broke the $100 mark at McDonald's a long time That's ago. Right. If you'd said Taco Bell, I would have been super <laughs> impressed. But but, uh, but no, like, he looks at this, at this feeding of the 5,000, and it really is a good uh, image of this because, you know, as, as we know how the story goes, Jesus has all these people that are following him. They're weary, they're tired, and he takes pity on them. He turns around, he looks, and he says, basically, we need to feed these people. Mm-hmm. Now, he knows they don't have anything, right? He, he's God. He knows that they have very little to provide. And, you know, the disciples automatically say, well, where, where are we going to get food? All we have is, is these five loaves and these two fish. But, you know, the disciples in that moment, when they had that, that ask of God, of Christ at the moment to feed these people, felt that task impossible, yeah. right? They felt like overwhelmed. What do you want us to do? I mean, you're, we're out in the middle of nowhere. There's no way we can feed all these people. But and, and, and God knew their limitations. Like Jesus was almost goading them with, with his words because they come to him and say, we only have this, right? right? We only have this. We only have these five loaves and two fish. They're listening to the devil say, there's right. no way you're going to feed all these people. Right. That's exactly right. And so they present these gifts to him. And then it's almost a lesson to us about what we need to do. Because how many times, and I know in my life, when you sat there and asked me um, to do this show and, and to really focus more on helping men just outside of that group as well at, our, at my parish, uh, I remember going home that night and going, wow, I'm so honored and I feel just really great that somebody like Deacon Jeff would believe in me, that I, I had the, the abilities to do this stuff. But man, I had that fear and that overwhelming anxiety of just, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to give. I don't I don't know enough scripture. I don't know enough church teaching. I don't know. I don't and you know. still I don't. don't. Know. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Do a good job of winging it. But, but, but no, it, it, I just, I felt that stuff and it was almost just overwhelming and overbearing. You know, and I know that's the way so many people have felt. Whenever. Man, that weight can be incredibly <laughs> paralyzing. It is. It right. is. It is because we're we're almost setting ourselves up to some Im- impossible measuring stick, right? Where we're thinking, God's asked me to do something, so I have to be, you know, the, the greatest apostle ever in this instant, right? I have to know everything I'm supposed to know and the way I'm supposed to say everything. And I, 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 I you know, I better not say anything heretical or right. any of that stuff. Like, I have to be perfect. God's not asking you to do that in a moment. He's just asking for your yes. And he's asking you to give what you have, right? Obviously, you have a gift that he's come to you for, or he wouldn't come to you. This sounds like a little commercial. We're going to tease people again, but for the messy Catholic. Yeah. Because really, this is what we're going to talk about, the idea that, you know, we're Catholic. It's good to be Catholic in a messy, messy world. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that mess is all over us, and sometimes we cause the mess. Sure. But really, there's still somehow in there, God plays an uh, incredible uh, calling role to each of us, and we're called to actually be Catholic in this in the middle of this mess. Right. Well, and, and oftentimes we forget that it's just like 
God just wants our yes. He wants us to offer up these things. And so that's what the disciples did, right? They took that fish and those loaves to him and said, okay, well, this is what we've got. And what did God do with it? He multiplied it. Yeah. With his grace, with the Holy Spirit, with his power, he multiplied it and fed so many. It's and, called the miracle of the loaves and fishes, right? right? Right, that's what he did. You know, we have to realize that we get fixated, as you said earlier, about um, the quali- you know, being qualified instead of the called part. Well, we have to realize that, that you know, we are limited, but God is not. You know, a lot of times we place our limitations of our own uh, skills or, or gifts or talents, and we place them on God. And that's and what, say, you know, we're right. conditioned that way. Like in the business world, sure. we introduce ourselves with our CV. Like, here's the, here's my list of accolades. Sure. Here are all the books I've written. Here are the papers yeah. that I've published. See here's the I'm school. Worthy. Yes. And th- <laughs> now that I've showed you all this, yeah. now you have to listen to what I have to say. Sure. Right. And how many knuckleheads have we encountered in life that we go like, I ain't listening to what this guy, he's yeah. telling me how good he is. And the reality is that's not what the way we should be leading. Sure. Right. Even though that's what business and common sense and our brains, you know, tell us. Right. We really should be leading with, you know what? I'm a, I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. I'm made in his image and likeness. I have dignity. And you know what? I have something to offer because it's part of God's plan. Yeah. We don't want to lead that way, but that's really what God's calling us to do. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and you know, in a real world example of this, too, you made me think of it when you were talking there. Um, just how many people that go to school for years, and there's nothing wrong with going to school. I'm not knocking that. But how many people go and they get a degree and then they wind up doing something completely different with their life? Yeah. They have all of these different things. I, I remember one of the things that I always thought was so cool about Napa Auto Parts when I worked for them was that so many of the people that were leading the company never even graduated, never went to college. Wow. They were high school kids that worked in a warehouse or started somewhere in the company and worked hard and then somebody trained them and they figured things out and then they were running things. And But to look at them, you would think, well, this guy's probably got MBAs and this and that. And, but no, they were guys that just knew how to work hard. They, had, they, they, learned, they worked at things to be better at them. Um, I remember in high school, I was terrible at math. Like I, I was horrible at math, and it used to drive my dad. We were we've been like, good friends in yeah. high school. <laughs> well, it used to drive my dad nuts because he was an accountant, you know. And he's like, "How could my son be so terrible at math?" But he never said that. I'm sure he might have thought it once. Or twice. He said, "Stupid." He didn't right. say that. that's right. Show your work. But uh, but no, he. I just remember I was terrible at math until there was a point in my life. When, it, when I needed to figure out the money I was going to make as a commission salesman. Oh. When I had to start running percentages on commissions and all these things. I learned math pretty quick, right? When real life, when real life experiences called me to. Yeah. And that's the same thing with Christ, with us and our gifts. Once we accept, okay, I'm called. No matter what I think, whether I deserve to be or not. But yeah. I am called and it's apparent that God is calling me to something. At that point, it's that surrender to his grace and his mercy and the Holy Spirit. That's what multiplies our efforts. That's what allows us to do something like just a guy in the pew. Don't you think though, people guys have a particular problem surrendering? Oh yeah, for sure. Right. Because in this day and age, I mean, again, right, our, our CV and like, oh, here's all my qualifications. And sure. the reality is that's, that's, we always, that's our go-to, mm-hmm. right? And it's just hard for us as guys just to say, uh, you know, I just want to give all that up and I just want to say, I can't do anything without God's power, without his, yeah. without his authority, without his mercy and grace and goodness in my life. And it's like, that's really hard for us to do. It is. Because this requires us to give over and control. then trust. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the control. Guys want to be in control. We want to drive when we go places. We want the remote in our hand. Yeah. We want all of those things. And you have to break that. And the funny thing is, when we're, we're always looking for joy and peace and happiness, and that comes after you're able to surrender, after you're able to give up control. Because think how freeing that is. All the things you have to worry about right now, if you gave them all to God and you stopped worrying about them, think how freeing that would be. 
But so many of us have a problem ever getting there Hmm. because we're relying solely on ourselves and our own abilities. And we have to start leaning on God. We have to throw comfort and caution and all that to the wind and abandon ourselves, abandon ourselves to him. Just like the miracle of the fish, right? The disciples said, this is impossible. We're overwhelmed. We have no idea how to do this. I'm, we're just going to give you what we have and allow you to do whatever it is you're going to do with this because you're God miracle. and we're not. Right. And then, and what happened? You have, whether it's the 4,000 or the 5,000, you have multiple baskets of leftovers. You know, you have all of this that, that was in abundance, which is another lesson that God doesn't just give in small quantity. God is always a God of abundance. And he, I love he satiates. It's yeah. like an eight to satiation. That's right. They were full. <laughs> That's right. It's definitely Fat Tuesday there, <laughs> yeah. right? We're recording on Fat Tuesday for those who don't know. <laughs> But yeah, you're exactly right. And and I think sometimes we limit God again because we think, well, he's only going to do so much for us. He's only going to help us so much. And it's still on me because maybe that's the way we were raised. Maybe somebody helped us that way and said, well, I'll help you a little bit, but then you got to figure the rest out. God's going to give you what you need. And it really is what you said. You've got to get down to that, to the idea that we have to trust him. We have to surrender to him. We have to give control over to him because as long as we're still trying to white knuckle it, as long as we're still having one hand on the steering wheel, we're never fully going to allow God to drive. We're never going to let God fully be in control. And we're going to limit how much of his grace and things that we actually can receive through our fighting him for control of our lives. So, I mean, for guys that are listening out there right now, that are dealing with this. I mean, look, we all feel unqualified. I'm sure, Deacon Jeff, you did when you were called to the diaconate. It was probably overwhelming to you that five years of study and all those things. Yeah. Why are you shaking your head no like it wasn't? <laughs> you guys can't see it, but wow. I'm just kidding. You're a liar. Right. Why would you lie you to your audience like lies. that? <laughs> you smell but, of beef and cheese. That's right. <laughs> now we're quoting Elf. <laughs> but anyway, no, it, it, I'm sure you felt that way. We all feel that way because... There is an enemy. He is real, and he does not want you anywhere near what you're supposed to be for God. He doesn't want you anywhere near living out what you're called to. And that's what makes this so hard, and that's what makes this a narrow road for people to go down. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why Christ says there's a narrow gate, and few will find it. Because the road to hell, as you said in the beginning, is paved so wide that that most people just go down that path because it's easier. But we're not called to the easy life. We're not called to a life of comfort. We're called to a life of, of serving the risen Lord and doing what he asks of us. And that means understanding that we're unqualified and not caring that we are. You know, realizing that it's not us that in our limitations that, that get in the way. It's us thinking that he cannot qualify us. And right. he certainly can. And we're always going to be unqualified. Right. That part's not going to change. <laughs> right. You could put that on your job application. Because <laughs> you're always going to be CD. uncomplicated. <laughs> That's right. You just put on there, I'm unqualified. But guys, seriously, if you're looking to get on this narrow road, if you're looking to start living this life, maybe you think you're unqualified to do the narrow road. But that's all just the devil in your ear. Look, sign up for the narrow road today. You can do it by becoming a patron at the $20 level and and start walking this path because God will show you when you give your yes how qualified you really, really are. Amen. So I can hear that music. For all you guys out there, look, the, the unqualified stuff, get it out of your head. It's not about you. It's about the gifts that God has placed in you and his mercy and this power of the Holy Spirit that will help you do the things that he wants you to do. So let's take it to prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, Every one of us has a role to play in the building up of your kingdom. Many of us, though, feel unqualified and never get off the bench and into the game. Help us to remember all the unqualified people you've used throughout the years to spread the gospel and grow your kingdom. And Father, whenever we begin to fixate on our limitations, remind us that it's within them that you truly begin to work. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. 
To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com. <laughs>